you. So yeah, Heidi was saying that we were watching the um, the Chosen. It's a free TV series about the life of Jesus and calling disciples and going out and preaching, and it's inspirational. and And he spent all this time trying to come up with like an introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. And when he when he said it, it it was just uplifting to me. So I just want to read that. So I'm going to be in the, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you, when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things about you because you're my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Heavenly Father, there are some stories in this Bible that are tough to read. And there are situations we face in life that are difficult. And you're there. You're with us. And we we see how difficult your life was. How many um, people were in opposition to you and your message and trumped up, you know, charges against you in a sham of a trial. Lord, as we face what we are going through, we just we know you can relate, and so Lord, we ask you to help us. Amen. Well, good morning. Thanks for coming to Omaha Vineyard Church, and um, a couple of announcements. So the this Vineyard Church is a, a part of the Vineyard USA, the Vineyard Association of Churches, and the Vineyard USA has a conference, uh, a national conference every two years. This year, they're having one in Phoenix, Arizona. And <clears throat> the uh, registration uh, through the end of July, so this next week, is still $199 per person. After that, it goes up to $250. So if that's something that you're interested in doing and, and participating in, Heidi and I are going. Let us know, and we'd love to you know, coordinate travel and accommodations and have fun by the pool or whatever, or you know, watch trees burst into flames, whatever they do. And, in Phoenix, and I've only I've only flown over it once. It was just a desert, and I'm sure there's other people who know. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. Anyway, it's in October, and the name of the conference is the Way On, and I think that's that's timely. Not only because of COVID and how it just changed so much of our experience, but for the Vineyard USA, there's gonna, there's a new national director, a Jay Pathak, and um, 
that'll be interesting for the vineyard movement in the U.S. at least to figure out, okay, what's, what's our way on from, you know, who the leader has been to what's next. So <clears throat> that's coming up in October, and um, I think you can just go to Vineyard USA and look for events, and you can find it online. And then <clears throat> I'm going to be taking a couple of days this week um, to get away myself and just be available to God. And it, it's, you know, when I wasn't a pastor and would talk to other pastors, I would encourage them to take time, to take breaks, to take rests. And I realized I haven't done that. <laughs> it's hard to do that. It's hard to lay down all your responsibilities and, and, and take a rest. But Jesus did it. And I want to do that. I want to be like him. So I'm going to do that this week. Uh, love uh, and appreciate your prayers uh, that I could get my mind quiet and just hear from the Lord. Um, and then, looking into the future, September, the, the first Sunday in September, we, we have, as, uh, as a church, typically done like a, a Labor Day church in the park Sunday. And we think we may want to do that again. So if, if that's something that you would be interested in uh, volunteering to help plan, let us know. Um, so it would be Sunday, Sunday, September 5th. Uh, if that's something that you'd be interested in helping to plan and be involved in, reach out to us, would you? Uh, that's it. We don't pass a plate here, but we do have a couple of giving boxes. And if you don't want to give, you know, actual dollars or whatever, we have a couple of online giving options. You can go to our website, omahavineyard.org. You know what? Good question. That, that would be one of the, the things we would have to figure out is what park we would do church in. So yeah. Hitchcock is pretty close. All right. We've got one vote for Hitchcock Park. Excellent. We're, we're moving right along. Well, let me, uh, let, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll jump into our, our scripture. Lord, we thank you for uh, your goodness. We thank you for um, rain and heat and cool and, and um, that we can gather in your name without persecution here in the U.S. Uh, we ask you to bless the gifts and the givers of those gifts to your church. And we ask you to be with us and... May we hear your words today. Amen. All right. It may come as a surprise to some of you. As a little boy, I was very shy. I was very shy. And I don't know why there's so much laughter. But um, <clears throat> so when I was, oh, I don't even know, maybe six or seven, um, my uncle was getting married, and they had me and my little sister be the ring bearer and the flower girl. Well, it was like so much pressure. Put on fancy clothes and then walk around in front of a bunch of people, and it was so overwhelming for little Solly that when I got up to the front and gave the pillow to somebody, I just laid down on a pew and slept through the whole wedding. And I had been, I had been um, uh, 
promised a reward of a stuffed animal that I was interested in if I did a good job. And when afterwards, and I asked my dad if I was going to get that toy, he's like, no, you slept through the whole thing. Uh, I'm much more comfortable being around people now. But there are still times when I get overwhelmed, and I just want to shut down. I've noticed it. Maybe this last year has just been overwhelming <laughs> in different ways. And I recognize in myself just this desire to just shut down, to sleep, to escape. I love, I love stories, so movies or books or whatever. I just, I just want to, you know, stop the world I want to get off, right? And, you know, one of the things I think that is um, very challenging about reading through Scripture, right, and looking at the standards that Jesus gives to his followers and his disciples includes doing things that are overwhelming, right? Talk to somebody about Jesus. I think I'm just going to... I'm sleepy, (laughs) you know? Because we we don't want to... We don't want to mess up, Right? We want, to, we want to do our best for the Lord, but we also want to protect ourselves. And we don't want to sound awkward, right? As my lovely wife said to me this morning, faith is not spelled C-O-M-F-O-R-T. It's not spelled comfort. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Yeah? Being obedient requires faith. I trust that God loves me enough that I'm going to go ahead and do this thing or stay engaged when I'm overwhelmed. And our scripture today follows an apostle as he meets an important person from a royal court. What can it look like when we find ourselves at a divine appointment, right, where God has orchestrated a meeting between us and someone else to have a conversation about Jesus. Or as we, as we go into Acts chapter 8, may we, may we hear from you and and be encouraged and comforted as we take risks. Amen. So, <clears throat> I'll take just a step back. So a couple of themes that we, that we have seen in the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles, both written by Dr. Luke. One of them is, be on the lookout for a person of peace. Right? Someone who's open and receptive to the good news about Jesus. We saw that in Luke uh, chapter 10, when he sends out his disciples and he says to them, when you enter a house, bless the house, and if it's a person of peace, that blessing will stay on them. Another theme that we saw in um, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, 
Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Up until this point in the book of Acts, everything's been in the city of Jerusalem. All the action, all the crowds have come to Jerusalem. We don't see any mention of any other cities. Well, then Stephen is martyred by the Jewish high council for claims that Jesus was the Messiah and that he was in the place of honor at God's right hand. They couldn't take it, so they killed him. And the very next verse is uh, Acts 8.1. And I'm going to start, not, I'll read the whole thing. Okay. But um, Saul was one of the witnesses to Stephen's murder, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. This is where I really wanted to get. This is, you know, okay, Saul, whatever. We'll get to him later. Acts chapter 8, verse 1b. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Then I'm going to jump down to verse 4 and 5. But the believers who... Oh, is that... Yeah... The believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. So we're starting to see this plan that Jesus prophesied about to his disciples take shape, right? So he says in Acts 1.8, you're going to be my witnesses, talking about me in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria. So, and this is beginning to happen. <clears throat> the believers are scattered from Jerusalem to throughout Judea and even into Samaria. And everywhere they go, they preach the good news. And then another theme of both Luke and Acts is that King Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, brings healing and salvation to the nations. The mission of Jesus is carried on by his followers, being led by and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And today's scripture is a detailed example of obedience to the Spirit's leading and what it looked like for these believers to preach the good news. And the reward of seeing a stranger who's searching for God to have their eyes open to his presence and his welcome into God's family. Our job... Oops, I, I jumped ahead. God has gone before us, preparing persons of peace in our harvest field. Our job 
is to go and find them in obedience to the Holy Spirit. These persons of peace will like you, serve you, and seek you out. Let's take a look at it. All right, Acts 8, starting in verse 26. Uh, we'll read through the rest of the chapter, but I'm just going to go and take this in two bites. All right, Acts 8:26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. And he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, How can I, unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of Scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And then the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So, <clears throat> Philip he is a true disciple of Jesus Christ. He's preaching the good news. He's receptive and obedient to the leading of the Spirit. And the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, is a person of peace. You guys recognize that? He's, he, he's from Ethiopia. So he has traveled from Africa up to Jerusalem to worship, and he's on his way back home, reading from the book of Isaiah, right? Maybe he went to a conference, he bought the DVD, he's watching it in his Cadillac as he's driving back home. He's open to and desiring to understand the scriptures. He's hungry for understanding, for truth. And he urges Philip to Join him in his carriage. Remember the story of, I think you, no, you mentioned somebody else. You mentioned the uh, prodigal son. Remember the story of the, the good Samaritan? The Jewish man who was beaten and left naked and, and for dead was on a desert road. This eunuch is this Ethiopian treasurer is so driven to learn about the Lord that he's willing to risk letting a stranger into his carriage. Anyone ever, 
ever experienced frustration in your spiritual life? Feeling like something's missing, right? And there's got to be more. I keep hearing like there's more. I'm not experiencing more. The Bible's just too hard to understand. God knows the hearts of men and women. And he can lead us to people who can explain the good news to us. He can lead those with the good news to people searching for the good news. Philip, in obedience to the Spirit, follows the desert road from Jerusalem to Gaza. He obediently walks along beside the carriage going down the road. He takes the initiative to ask the man, does he understand what he's reading? And when he gets an invitation to join the man in the carriage, well, he gets an invitation. He gets the invitation to join the man in his carriage and explain to him about what he's reading. And here, here we go, verses 35 through 37. So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down to the water. Oh, I think I... Oh. My, oh, here's, here's an interesting thing. Some manuscripts, as, as the notes in my Bible say, don't have a, a verse 37. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it with you in just a little bit. Hang in there. So here's something interesting, right? Why is the Ethiopian interested in water? And baptism? It must have been part of Philip's telling of the good news about Jesus. He starts with, with this prophetic word from Isaiah and it talks about Jesus as a lamb to the slaughter, doesn't open his mouth. It's about Jesus going to his crucifixion. <clears throat> and Philip starts there and, and tells the whole story. Jesus the Christ, I, I followed him. I am following him now. I'm continuing his ministry now. He left, but he, he gave us his spirit who speaks to us. And we have, this, we have this symbolic practice of showing outwardly that we've decided to follow Jesus. Like being born again, we're submerged into the water and then come forth as a new creature. And like our, Je our Savior Jesus, we go down into the water to sim symbolize our burial with him in his death, and then we come up out of the water, risen again from death to new life. And the Ethiopian was ready. He was ready to obey and follow the example of our Lord by being baptized right there next to the road. He is open and receptive to the news that he too can be forgiven of his sin. Restored to life by God's design. 
and to receive the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a good story. <laughs> and here's where it gets a little gooder, better, crazier, weirder. All right, <clears throat> I'll start in verse 38. He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. So apparently once the Ethiopian is baptized, Philip's mission is accomplished, and as soon as they come up out of the water, the Spirit teleports him north to a different town. What a wonderful and strange testimony. I mean, the, the Ethiopian eunuch, he's not even phased, right? He's just praising God, and maybe the way he tells the story is, I don't know if this guy was an angel or what, but as soon as we came up out of the water, he was gone. No wet footsteps, no guy in, in any direction. He wasn't under the water. He was just gone. Praise God. God went before the eunuch, guiding Philip to that desert road to walk next to his carriage, to hear him struggling with understanding the words in the book of Isaiah. God went before Philip, guiding him to a man who was seeking God, worshiping God, eager to know and understand the words of the prophet Isaiah. This man was introduced to the one that Isaiah was talking about. The man led like a sheep to the slaughter, the Lord Jesus Christ. He continues on his way, unconcerned about Philip vanishing, rejoicing as he goes. And Philip preached the good news in every town along the way to Caesarea. This is a good story. And one of the reasons why it's good is the characters don't shut down, right? Go down the desert road. Why? People get hurt down there. No. Philip just goes. And then he sees his carriage, and the Spirit tells him, go walk next to the carriage. And Philip says, why? I said, that guy, he's not, he's not like me. He's got, a fun, he's got a fancy hat. It's a fine carriage. I'm just a guy wandering around in the desert. No, he obeys, right? And then he takes that initiative. I hear him reading scripture. Do you understand what you're reading? Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about the good news. Let me tell you about what it looks like for us who follow him. We actually do this thing where we go down to the water and we come back up, and the man says, I'm just repeating myself here. 
God has gone before you preparing persons of peace in your harvest field. Your job is to go and find them in obedience to the Holy Spirit. These persons of peace will like you, they will serve you, and they will seek you out. Risk obeying the great commission of Christ with a stranger. Where Jesus says, you will talk, you will tell people about me everywhere. So if, if, we, if we look at this, if we try to maybe be a little analytical, okay, what are some, what are some you know, common things, what, what can we pick out, right? If, if we find ourselves <clears throat> getting tapped on the shoulder by the Holy Spirit, figuratively, number one, listen and obey. Risk it, right? We all know we can all shut down. We can, I don't know. There, there's a, um, I think there's a time in one of the Gospels where the Lord God in heaven speaks audibly about his son Jesus. And some people are like, wow, that was God speaking. And other people say, it was just thunder. We can just focus on our distractions sometimes. But the, the growth, the, the summer of risk, the radical faith and missional living looks like being engaged rather than shutting down. Listen and obey to that spirit. And then when you have an opportunity... What did Philip do? He asked a question. Maybe just ask questions. Um, I've, I've, experiencing, uh, I've experienced some coaching, and the best coaches don't tell you anything. They just ask you. And then, huh, if I describe my problem and if I describe a possible solution, then I own it. We don't, you know, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Being a Christian doesn't mean you know it all. It means you obey. And maybe, maybe asking a question doesn't sound like a know-it-all. <laughs> so consider asking questions. And then, number three, don't overcomplicate it, right? Keep it simple. In so here, here's that missing verse. So let me I'll read it in context. So verse 36 says, as they rode along, they came to some water. The eunuch says, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? I gotta find it here. You can, Philip answered, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
Let me just don't we don't we have the ability to overcomplicate things? Uh, the most recent time I got to do a baptism was with a little boy, and I <laughs> and I was like trying to get him to say something really specific, and his mom calls out, that's too hard of a question. <laughs> let's keep it simple, right? Let's, let's not overcomplicate it. And wouldn't it be great to have a conversation like this that Philip had with this man who was searching? Are you interested in knowing what the Bible says? Yes, can you explain it to me? Here's the good news about Jesus. We have the symbolic practice of baptism to show that we're, we were dead to our old lives and now we're new to life in Jesus. Hey, can I get baptized? Yes, you can. Oh, you don't have to go through a class, right? I can't tell you how many times in different circumstances I've heard people that... Um, and, and, who grew up Catholic and went through catechism. And they say, you know, if I tell them I, I go to church or I'm a pastor or whatever, they say things like, oh, I had enough of that. If, if we overcomplicate things, it just gets bad, right? We can see so many different kinds of conversations and conversions happening throughout the book of Acts. Sometimes it's a power encounter and a healing, right? Sometimes it's a miraculous wonder, or it's a simple question to a stranger on the road. The same foundation is always there, and that's the Spirit of Jesus leading and directing persons of peace and people with the good news to people who are searching for the good news. We want to be open and really work on our awareness of God's presence and His voice. God is always with us. He doesn't live here in this building and we come to visit with Him for a while and then we go back to our own lives and leave him here, right? God is always with us. And he goes before us, preparing persons of peace in our harvest field. God is the Lord of the harvest. And we, as disciples of Jesus, are his workers. And we could wear ourselves out trying to grab every single plant, everyone, right? Or we could be watchful for persons of peace, and we could be listening for the leading of the Holy Spirit to what's ready. May we risk obeying the Spirit to talk with a stranger about the good news of Jesus. Talking about the healing and salvation that Jesus brings by the power of the Spirit takes radical faith and missional living. We, as disciples, take steps of faith 
and we live with a purpose of representing Jesus to the world. Next week, I want to encourage us to share um, encounters that we've been having during this summer of risk. What did you hear the Spirit invite you to do or say? What conversations have you had with someone that led to talking about Jesus? Who did you get to share your 15-second testimony with? So we'll take a little bit of time before the service and just share it as as an offering of praise. right? Or email them in and we'll read them out loud to share with the rest of the congregation here. The world needs some good news. And the Spirit of God is preparing people all the time. When we are willing to obey the Spirit through radical faith and missional living, we continue the ministry of Jesus today. Our obedience can lead to a stranger becoming family in Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as, uh, as I'm sure several of us are thinking, I'm, I'm getting weirded out, I want to shut down. Lord, embolden us. Make us bold to preach your good news. Lord, may we find ourselves at divine appointments where there's a person who is engaging us to ask us questions that we can ask questions of to lead them to a place where they're open and receptive to hearing about your good news. May we keep it simple. May we listen to you and and say the words that you tell us to say. Spirit, fill us and lead us as we walk out next week in radical faith and missional living. Amen. All right, I want to pronounce our blessing, and then we absolutely will spend some time uh, for ministry where we get to pray for each other and with each other. Um, I almost went into a prayer. Heavenly Father, I get, get into ruts. Omaha Vineyard Church, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace.